Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Athletes Resource Podcast, like I promised. I'm going to try to do these more frequently than the, well, what was it? I did one two weeks ago, and then the last time I did one was in March. So uh, today I'm not doing it alone. I got back our uh, friendly neighborhood registered dietitian, Christopher Barrett. Uh, we both have our masks on because we are trying to record this in a socially distant uh, way. So I apologize if it comes out a little bit muffled. But what we're going to be targeting today in our conversation is non-judgment. Uh, as I was thinking about recording this podcast, just throwing out a disclaimer for all those hardos out there who don't who don't believe in stuff like this. Uh, I would say that's okay, right? Sure, it's okay. Definitely. It's okay if you think that. <clears throat> Being gentle to yourself is ridiculous. Good. I mean, not good, but uh, I'm not saying good. Shouldn't have said that. Let's strike that from the record. Uh, it's not a problem until it becomes a problem. Sure. It's not a problem talking to yourself punitively until you're faced with a problem that you cannot solve with being harder on yourself. Sure. Until you face a problem where being harder on yourself just makes it worse. Sure. Like pouring gasoline on a fire. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't know what your thoughts on that are. No, I agree. I think it's the same thing. I think judgment-wise, like, we see it everywhere. We're sort of discussing this off, like, line, but you see it. Like, it's internal, it's external. Like, it could go so many different ways, for sure. But Do you think, like, people say we are our own worst critics? I think they say it, they don't believe it. I think people will say it like, oh, I'm the, I'm my, I use this line all the time, but my inner me is my worst enemy. Uh-huh. I use that all the time because it's with us when we need it the most, uh-huh. but it's one of those things to just like shove you back down, yep. you know, for many people. Um, but in those moments, it actually needs to be your, in, not inner critic, but it needs to be your inner coach. You said people don't believe it. Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, I just believe that, and this is a belief, <laughs> I just believe that they they think, oh, it's just, it's a one-off. Yes. Like, oh, it just happened one-off time. Yeah. Right? That's a really good point. Versus, like, oh, it's a little bit more consistent than people think. Yes. For, I'll use the example of runners, it could happen within a mile several times. Yep. Right? Or it could be, like, even after the race, then it's external then. Yep. Some one of the teammates like, oh, why'd you run so poorly? Or why didn't you run so fast? Uh-huh. Right? So that it starts changing then from internal, then it goes external. Do you ever notice how you talk to yourself inside oh, when you make 100%. a mistake? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I feel compelled to share an example. Yeah. I was washing the dishes and I like, I don't know, so- something happened the other day. And I just noticed like it wasn't just like me correcting myself. It was me correcting myself and then an extra couple of words. Uh, yeah. I was like, what are you doing? Why did you say that? Well, not why did you say that to yourself, but because of how much I practice this, I was just, you know, a lot of the framework I use is this kind of mindful perspective. So just mindfully noting what was said and then seeing if you can offer up a more compassionate phrase. Yeah. Right? Just This is just an example of how, just like you're saying, it's 
almost woven for a lot of us into how we react to the smallest, smallest inconvenience, mistake, error that nobody else would ever notice. Right. And then what happens when we don't notice it? Yeah. It adds up. Oh, for sure. It adds up. Yeah. It's just, you know, that just one degree turn to to, uh, negativity or... Just being in a foul, grumpy mood. Yeah. Right? Uh, I don't know if, if you have... Oh, no, yeah. I, I, well, I, I face the same thing. So in a different like realm, right, from the nutritional world, how do I see it? I see it when people are... I classify them as treats. And when I say that, it's, it's hard for me to say because anything could be a treat for people. But typically the ones that people stereotypically say treats, ice cream, cookies, stuff like that, like the higher sweet, baked goods, soda, stuff like that. My first thing that I have when I see somebody does it, I build self-awareness first. Yes. Right? So how often do you do it? So I do the same thing with athletes when they have this negative self-internal talk. What I have them do is I give them a bracelet, and I just have them switch for an entire week every single time they do it, just to build self-awareness. I don't have them slap it. I don't want them to hurt themselves. I just want to build awareness. Mm -hmm. And then we say, okay, next time, now what I want you to do is switch it, but now write it down. Yep. And then after that, we write them all down. And then we say, how can we make this a positive versus a negative? Mm-hmm. And we sort of do that. And that's over the course of a month. Yep. It takes time. But that exercise is really self-evident for them. When they sort of write it down, they're like, oh, my God, why am I saying, my, saying that to myself? It's, yeah. Because it's it happens a lot. Most people don't realize. I'm really happy you just shared that yeah. for two reasons. Number one, the first, well, the most recent episode of this podcast for this was on awareness. Ooh. The importance of awareness. Yeah. That if you're not aware, you can't do anything about it. Sure. And that another reason that I'm, I, one of my main focus in this podcast is to get, have people walk away with something, right? Not yeah. a quote, not yeah. a, um, I don't know, like a factoid, but like you, yeah. you just shared something someone can actually do sure. to begin the process of change. Yeah. So you, you shared the rubber band technique, which is a way to cultivate awareness. Yeah. And then the second step you, you wrote down is what we would call cognitive restructuring, right? which is the process of noting the thoughts that are being generated inside of you and then offering yourself an alternative. Yeah. So, thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, for me, so that's the way I approach nutrition too, right? It's, it's one thing, like you said, it's, it's great to know like the, the X's and O's, which I do of like biochemistry, right? And all like the nitty gritty, like nutritional stuff, carbohydrates, fats, carbohydrates, and when you should have them and when do you maximize it. But with my patients, I solely work on constructive, like cognitive reconstructing and mm-hmm. restructuring it. Because that's a big factor for many people who view food as a challenge. Yep. But that, I appreciate that. that that's very, very I, I, I'm very thankful you said that. It's, uh, I don't know, it, it just excited me because um, I think I shared it, I, I shared it last week on the podcast. I, and I actually had this conversation with someone recently that like quotes are nice. Yeah. They're nice. Um, but they don't give us a framework how to of how to actually use them. Yeah. Right. As you know, I all, I 
conceptually I often see them as like like a total end goal like right. like that's kind of like where you end up versus like all all the work that ha- happens in the middle yeah I and because this is focused on athletic performance sure really where we see I think a lot of this coming out in athletic performances uh well you see it coming out in a couple different ways now that I think about it you see it in in self-talk yeah right people talking very harshly towards themselves Mm -hmm. and sometimes when I'm having conversations with athletes about that I'll ask them where did this come from a lot of them say I I don't know it just kind of comes comes from out of nowhere yeah sometimes athletes do get this from coaches sure i just uh who was i listening to i was listening to a podcast today on a on an ex-gymnast who was basically saying that when she was a kid her coaches would call them like fat and i think i recently who's the famous gymnastics oh usa gymnastics coaches yeah they're they're from they had a whole camp eastern europe yeah now i listened to like a whole podcast series on them yeah they were they were emotionally abusive to their athletes definitely yeah and And that's and i it's hard for me to say this as a coach but i think that happens too often you might be right and i mean so i work in a, a very aesthetic sport running yeah i've never said one of those things in my life or even like judge them on their food intake at all why do why do people think why do coaches or people think it's going to help i think they use it as persuasion and punishment yes right they they want to it's an authoritarian sort of like i'm the authority here you got to listen to me mm-hmm. and that's how they do it they put them down so it's like oh yeah you're there push it push their head down basically mm-hmm. no you're not mm-hmm. right and then even if they're very good athletes but that push down is also pushing down their potential and their ability to perform yep so for coaches listening, okay, clearly suboptimal, yeah. right? It is not a, so we're talking about uh, for an athlete navigating that environment, yeah. it's a, it is a fear-based sure. motivational factor, right? I'm going to avoid punishment at all costs versus maximize growth. Sure. Right? So it's, so not only is, could it be personally stunting growth, but it all, also can, can hurt the interconnectedness with other athletes on the team sure. right if you're if you're living in a state of fear it's, it's harder for you to to get outside of yourself yeah oh of course and i'll just put a little bit of a, a little pin in this too the idea of like coaches in that mindset they're worried about the now like now i want to win now yes versus a good coach and in my opinion how i coach is someone who's looking how is this going to affect them long term yep so i'm coaching a high school group of kids now how are the lessons that i'm teaching them through running going to impact them in college Mm -hmm. impact them when they get older adults when they get to a hard situation can some of the things that we learn through sport and sport is a great educator Mm -hmm. to become better yes or to learn oh i've been here before yep i think we've talked about in this podcast before that it can be an excellent educator it also can very poorly set up right. athletes. I think this is one of the places where it poorly sets up athletes. Sure. That um, they 
the, the, they don't know how to be gentle to themselves. Sure. Right? They don't, I mean, and it doesn't, people probably hear that and they think like, I don't know, they might think that that's a little bit too like squishy, lovey-dovey. I, I'm not mean, I'm not necessarily meaning, you know, uh, write yourself a love letter and give yourself a hug. If that helps, go for it. But I'm talking about in that moment yeah. when something goes wrong, mm-hmm. um, I'll even speak from experience. I, I remember maybe the, one of my second to last seasons playing rugby, mm-hmm. my family and my roommates came to watch me play. And it was like a B-side game and for anyone who's played rugby, B-side games are a little bit terrifying because a lot of people don't know what they're doing. And my family got me, watch me get like destroyed on a tackle. Like, like. Lit up. Embarrassing. (laughs) Lit up. Absolutely lit up. Yeah. Now, I remember in my mind, like being like, oh my God, this is, this is the worst. And for a moment it felt like that. Yeah. And. Thank goodness that, I didn't, and in that time, I didn't have this framework. I just figured out in that moment how to, okay, what's the next thing I can do? What's the next thing I can do? What's the next thing I can do? And later in that game, I probably had the, the most spectacular run I've ever had. Like I juked out three people yeah. and scored a try. And really why, why I'm sharing that is because relating to your inner experience differently or the and your inner experience can be the result of a, of, a, of a play that happens during the game, right? Getting rejected in the audience, oh, like just, or getting, getting obliterated in tackle and the audience does the same thing, right? So just noticing what your internal experience is, noticing even if you need to, the dialogue that's going on in your head and the compassionate, the gentle decision is in that moment to just, quickly move on yep. right you can even say something to yourself like next play next effort max effort whatever you need to do yeah. whatever you need to do yeah um so i think that's what we're talking about we're talking about yeah. non-judgment the capacity as an athlete to relate to your play and ch- specifically challenging situations that's going to maximize your capacity to adapt. Sure. If you are critical on yourself, all it will do, well, not all. I mean, some people get away with it, right? Some people are, are just amazing athletes, and that's, that's, that's the way that they are able to uh, compensate yeah. for a poor mindset. But um, the more we talk negatively to ourselves, the more pressure it puts on ourselves. Right. The more pressure it puts on ourselves, the more it has the capacity to hurt our play. Right. Right. Sports hard enough. Right? We don't have to. We don't have to add anything else onto ourselves. I think it's. I think this is some of the main reasons why this. I think this topic's important. Yeah, for sure. And I'd also I want to go a little bit outside of that. If that's all right. Yeah. Too. But the whole external judgment. Right. Um, the way I think about it is, and I know a lot of athletes are on social media now. They like to post things, comments full of trolls. Oh right? my god! Might as well be a show that your daughter watches, probably of trolls. But <laughs> the whole idea. Not those trolls. <laughs> different ones. They're a little bit rude. Not trolls. World tour. We're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about an internet troll. But like the whole idea. That's like that's 
feeding that internal judgment. Yeah. Just feeding it. And I've always I always thought about this, but like Michael Jordan never reads comments or writes comments. I think it was yeah. Oh yeah. You know? Like, he's he's <laughs> He's not writing comments. It's also before his time. <laughs> For like sure. you do see a lot of athletes now. Who is the athlete who just like tweeted out something about or he's put out a like a video about LeBron or yeah. something like that and like the reaction from the commentators was like what are you doing right why why would why would you if you blow out someone else's candle it's not going to make yours burn brighter right oh 100% agree people don't get that no not at all but i think it's the other the other side of it too is and the whole idea of judgment is that's hard too that's hard for some for especially athletes to go through that um, and that's why some athletes, it's, it's like, is it worth it to post something? Yeah. You know, like, is it really worth that judgment? And yeah. again, to really post something like that. That's sort of the negative side of social media that we see. Yeah. Versus other things that may motivate you, for, for example. Absolutely. You know? So I just think that's an area just to be cautious of. So we talked about, like, how to practice non-judgment towards ourselves. Yeah. Which is, you, you shared a couple of techniques, the cognitive restructuring. Yeah. Like, the more practical, like switching bands on your wrists, the more mindfulness-based approach yeah, yeah. of noting how you feel, breathing into it, and just allowing it to be, Yeah, catching yourself when you're using judgmental mm-hmm. language. And this is from, from like a team dynamics perspective, is like, how do we not judge other people? Yeah, so I think, this is gonna sound crazy, but I think from a high school coach's perspective, I'm gonna use running, because that's the sport that I coach. Um, so I would love, for these Olympic athletes to show a day they just didn't do yes, well. Yes. Instead of the day they rocked a workout, yeah. right? And they post up their times, they're showing their abs and they're doing this and that. But like, it's important to show the other side. To show the other side where you're just like a runner just not wanting to put their shoes on to go out for a 45 minute run. Yep. Right? So I think that's a very important side. I think. I would love your perspective. What would you do cognitively, like restructuring, for something that's external? Like, what would be some techniques or things that you could do for an athlete? External judgments happening to them. That's a that's a really good. I think we're, so. What we're talking about is boundaries, then. Yeah. Right. So yeah. understanding that if you are to put yourself out there, like you said, there is this vulnerability, but or and I should say. Uh, the boundary can be set with behaviors, right? Right. So you can, and this this becomes tricky yeah. because these devices are are really hard to to navigate in a way that is um, that feels less impulsive. But I'm just going to post, and whoever says what says what, right? And can can I be disciplined enough to not to not go into the comments, especially when someone reaches a certain level of familiarity or popularity within the public, it's just going to start, right? You know, that more people, they're going to be exposed to more people uh, and more people are going to have more opinions. Yeah. Um, I think another piece of it is, and some of this is, is my own understanding, but also borrowed from other people who, who are more in the, in the light of the public is you have to build internal boundaries, which means like uh, some type of intellectual and coached, self-coached emotional and intellectual reaction 
to seeing negativity. Sure. And it's interesting that I'm getting to this answer because it was going to be what I shared regarding non-judgment to others is how, how do you approach that negative comment with compassion? How do you not throw stones back? Right. So that right. could just be like, what is going on for that person that they would take out the time? Right. So you get the comment and then you're like, the comment, the, the cursor is blinking now. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I really want to just rip this guy yes. or person. Yep. Right? Yep. So what do you do in that moment? Pause. Okay. Pause. Breathe. So this is, a, I'm just going to insert a couple thoughts here. All emotions are valid doesn't mean they're true. Meaning that you might see a post on your wall in social media, Chris, right. when you become famous, that says, this guy's got awful socks or some, <laughs> some whatever. Um, Chris has fun socks on. And, uh, Thank you. <laughs> so you might notice this feeling of, yeah. of anger, wanting to get revenge by reposting. Yeah. So I can't tell you that you're not feeling angry. Right? Yeah. Your anger is, is valid. That doesn't mean that it is true, meaning that I can use that emotion, you, I being you, to guide my behavior in a way that fits my values. For, for that example, if you use anger to guide your decision-making, what would happen? Choose an irrational thought. Which leads to a rational behavior? Right. Of what? Uh, in this case, it would be an irrational comment. Yeah. And then how would you? F- and then how do you imagine you might feel after posting that irrational comment? Why'd I do that? Yeah, regret. <laughs> yeah, regret. Right. Exactly. And so, that's a that's an example of how to navigate that. But coming back to like how to stop that in the first pay- place after a pause. Yeah. Is approaching the situation is like judoing the situation. Uh, um, I'm stealing this from. I think it's Oren Schaefer. He's one of the meditation coaches on 10% Happier. The most powerful person in the room is the calmest one. The most powerful person in the room is the person who's in most control of their emotions. I like that. Right. And in this situation, judoing it or rolling with it is, wow, that's that's really unfortunate that just that that someone would, would take the time to do that. Yeah. Right. Versus taking it at, at surface level, which is, man, maybe I need to buy some new socks. Right. Like we have, we, this is all like how we develop the ability to navigate reality differently when, when the challenge is happening. When your teammate comes in and they're huffing and puffing and they're kicking their gear after whatever happens, yeah. how do you not meet them with the same attitude but approach them with understanding sure which is non-judgment like i'm not going to judge them for having a difficult day and if i'm and that allows me in not judging them to approach them compassionately sure yeah because in compassion i can understand that i have days like that i have moods like that i have times where i kick my bag and or feel like i want to kick my bag or want to post something not nice on on social media yeah it's it takes extra effort 
And that's where I think people get stuck. It's, it's not something that just comes to mind unless you're just naturally very compassionate. That we have to like literally pause, literally use emotional, mental energy to try to shift the axis of our reaction to benefit the situation. Yeah. To connect. Yeah, I think it's interesting. As, as you're saying all this, these things... I, I can think of like times when it's happened to me where mm-hmm. not, not a comment or something like that, but something external, all those thoughts you did. And it was a matter of like minutes happen in seconds. Yes. It's like, do, 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 do. it goes back to back to back. And you're yeah. like, all these things are going through your mind and pausing like silence. That's, that's, I think the, like the, the golden ticket It's yep. just like, just pause. Yep. Breathe and see where, see where you're going. Yes. Yeah. The, the emotions will pull you to act impulsively. Especially anger, because it's so uncomfortable. Yep. Like, I want to get this out. I want to say something. I want to blah, blah, versus, okay. Okay, going back to awareness, can I be aware of what I'm feeling? Right. Right. Can I be aware of what I'm feeling? Can I label it for what it is? Can I actually detect how it feels inside of my body? And then if I approach that experience in a non-judgmental way, it's something like balance. I didn't ask for it, but it's here now. And how can I, how can I navigate it in a way that leaves me suffering less and the other person suffering less potentially? Right. It's, you know, people, some people are listening to that and like, easier said than done. Yes, easier said than done. And we will likely make mistakes. That doesn't mean we, we don't try. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well done. I'm just, I, I got like goosebumps there all the time when you talk, man. You're so <laughs> clear about it. It's something you can actually do. But yeah, it's definitely, I think it's, it's great to hear from your perspective and how you actually think about it when you hear an athlete say it, like from the other side. I think it's really helpful for the person. Because it's, again, non-judgmental. I don't care if you got angry, but why did it happen? What did it look like? Those yes. kind of things. I think another place where people get stuck is, uh, especially when, when they're trying to help a teammate, mm-hmm. is they are using their variant of what they believe would be helpful in their shoes right. versus what that other person would okay. actually feel is helpful. It's like trying to learn how the, or trying to assess how the person likes to learn. Yes. It's like, oh, this person likes to learn by actually doing it. And all you do is you, you give them cues. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be effective. <laughs> yeah, it might not work at all. Right. Or you could ask them, hey, I, see, I can see that you're feeling X. Right. Upset, confused, blah, blah, blah. How can, how can I help? What would feel helpful? Oh, that, you're going to laugh. This will be a slogan for you. This is Lucio language right here. <laughs> I just, whenever it's, I hear not, it, it's really not mine. I know, but, but whenever I hear it, I always think, that's like Pete. That sounds like Pete. <laughs> because, again, it, it's a great like, tool, right? Yes. It's a tool in your toolbox, for sure. And another thing I hope with, with this podcast and how, forever how long it goes is that all of these skills that we're talking about, skills is not... I guess skills is the right word. Um, that they are, what would be the word? They translate across different area, domains of your life. They will work in the context of sport. Sure. They will work in the context of your relationship with your family. Yeah. Right? That, what, 
I'm forgetting what the phrase is. I'm blanking out here. Um, that it's a skill. It's it's transferable. Right, right. Transferable skill transfer. Skill. Yeah. Right. That you know. So I'm a CrossFit person. We talk about skill transfer. Right. Right. That we're going to teach you one movement that trickles into another movement that trickles yeah. into another movement and then into another movement. And so, like, yeah. it, and it's also about. I don't know if, if I'm. Preparing athletes to be people. Exactly. You're and helping them understand that, that, that they're people. Yeah. I'll, can I give you an example? Yeah. So the high school team that I coach, one of the things I do is I we have five senses, right? Hearing, seeing, you're gonna have to help me. Seeing, feel, smelling too. What? S- hearing, yeah, seeing, yeah, smelling. Smelling, yeah. Tactile. Tactile, okay. Yeah. Okay. We we mentioned all five, right? So the five senses five senses what I had them do is how does it feel all those things how do you what do you see all those things at the beginning of a cross-country race how do you feel sweaty palms stuff like that then what I said is how do you feel in the beginning of an SAT exam this is going to write your ticket into what college you want to go to uh-huh. all of them are the same <laughs> how did this go for other things right how do you feel when you're going to ask a girl out for prom mm-hmm. or, or boy out for prom Right? All the same things. They all mm-hmm. sort of come up. So what I, how I picture it for them is it, there's a red thread through everything in life. There's, it's, everything's connect. Everything. Go to the library, every single aisle. Everything. History. Gardening. Psychology. Mm-hmm. Nutrition. All of these things have one, some common thread throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So you said it's just like, exactly. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think if there's any. I was thinking about this podcast. If there's anything else I wanted to include, regarding not. Oh, he, he, I think the other piece is this, right? So for people who are more practical, like, okay, so, uh, I get that it could help me get along with people. Um, I get that it might help me be less hard on myself. But what is that actually going to mean? So think about it like this. So we all play our best in the zone in the flow state where we are just able to be an athlete where time feels different and we feel more in control. We feel a sense of confidence, competence, increased capacity, feel like we're having fun. What we understand is, is that the things that get us there are the things that help us be present. Mm This isn't like causal necessarily, but this is why we think like mindfulness and meditation could potentially be a precursor to that. Mm-hmm. Now, what do we know that pulls us out of the zone? Anything that's going to yank us out of the present, right? Focusing yeah. on that getting obliterated in front of my family in the middle of a rugby field or getting rejected or tripping and falling in the middle of the race or right. just whatever it is, right. whatever it is. Um, you can respond to it inside of yourself like almost like it's a cassette tape that you just hit play on for the next 10 minutes. Yep. And, and instead of being present in the game or the race or the competition, you're now off into that past moment that has sure. been gone. Yep. And so net in that, 
not only are you contributing to negative mood, taking away from your energy, which is taking away from your capacity to perform, you're, you're, you're missing the game. Sure. You're missing opportunities to perform, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's pulling you away from your optimal game. Sorry, I'll stop talking. Oh, no, like, you're good, man. You look like you were going to say something. 100% agree. No, I was just going to say, I couldn't have said it better. You can't, like, because just think about it. You just lost, let's say it was 10 minutes, you kept playing that cassette over and over again. Yeah. You just lost 10 minutes yep. to make an improvement or to to sort of begin to sort of sift through it, right? And yep. just say, okay, let's, you missed 10 minutes of the game. Yep. You take yourself out. You're a runner. You checked out. You're off your pace. And I'll tell you this. If you check out, so this is the quickness in running. If you check out within seconds, you're done. Yeah. You're done in the race. Yep. That's how, like, quick, it's just a blink of an eye. When somebody goes, if you don't go, you're gone. You're done. Yeah. I think that especially in any sport, once you get to higher and higher levels of competing, they just had the first part of the CrossFit Games qualification Almost all the workouts, that, other than Matt Fraser, who's the best, where he's beating people by minutes, the differentiating factors between, like, second, third, fourth, are three seconds. Yeah. Dude, you're like this. Point, point <laughs> seconds on, on, a, on a 1K row. Yeah. Point seconds would have been a differentiating factor between going and not. That could have been somebody just thinking, oh, man, this is hard. That's it. Done. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same thing in the Olympics. Swimming is hundreds of a second. There was one in 2016, Simone um, Manuel, I think her name is. She was a 100-meter swim. They tied to the 100. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, just that, like, uh, and you swam back and forth up <coughs> in the pool. It's crazy. But just think about it. That's why, and this is a, my opinion, that is why athletes need somebody like you as a sports psychologist, because if you're trying to achieve your best mm-hmm. and you're out for a quarter of a second, a second, two seconds, you're trying to be elite, you definitely need to, to, like, to work on that because that's, a, that's an, a facet to training. Yes. It's not all physical. Yep. To, to go, you know, as we're wrapping up, to go back. So if you're one of those people who thinks that um, I'm hard on myself and it's working, and you're not losing time, and, and you're PRing, and things going well. Okay. Word of caution is is that there are times where, especially if if we're a Type A person, mm-hmm. we're a doer, 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 and how and how we solve problems is by one way, which is going harder, harder, harder on ourselves, harder, 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 faster. There are problems that will, that if you use that tool, it will be like sinking in quicksand. And sure. what, I, what I'm making reference to is injury. Yeah. Right? Recovering from particular injuries, you can work yourself deeper into a problem. Sure. Like especially if it's like a chronic problem yeah. or a neurological problem where it takes time. Right. It takes time, it takes patience, it takes nuance. Um, like especially with like back conditions, it takes time. If we're unwilling to listen to our body and the way we approach it is hard, 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 suck it up. Uh, it's a bit of a cautionary tale. Sure, definitely. Um, 
it's funny. I just got like the the imagery of like in that situation. It's like somebody cutting a tree down with an axe, and they just keep hitting that same spot, same spot, same spot, same spot, same spot. Eventually, it's gonna go down. Yeah. Right. It's it's and I see this all the time with athletes with nutrition. It's like oh more more more, less less less. Right. These types of things I see that all the time. But exactly what you're saying, man. It's like it just. It happens all the time, over and over, Pete, right? It just keeps occurring, occurring, occurring again. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I'm going to do it, i got to do it, i got to do it. Mm-hmm. But eventually, it'll catch up. And it's not even, so when you listen to people who are high performance who get stuck, yeah. it's not even, it's not even, I can do it or I'm not doing it. It's, I'm not doing it and what the F is wrong with me yeah. that I can't do it. Right. So, we, so you have a problem, right? The problem is you're recovering from X. Yeah. Right. Imagine that is that is a physical, emotional, psychological hurt, hurdle, and now we've raised the height of the hurdle because we've piled on judgment. Right. You're an idiot because you haven't figured this out yourself. Right. That's that's some of the language that we we talk to ourselves with. What is wrong with me that I that I can't figure this problem out? It's all understandable. It's all normal. It doesn't mean it's helpful. Right. It doesn't mean it's going to help us get there any quicker um any closing thoughts christopher no i think you said it really well though really well i think it just uh it's one of those things where that pause hear that that's super important yes it's really important that super pause silence and just giving it time but and, and like you said i think really well is just it's okay to have an emotion but you don't have to act on every emotion yes I think that's important. I th- I, that was the one that gave me goosebumps. Yes. So I was like, that is so vibrant and strong that a lot of people don't think about. Like, I feel this way, I want to do it. I want to yes. do whatever I feel like. Yep. Right? So, no. Beautifully said. Thanks for coming back on, Chris. Oh, thank you. This is a pleasure.